inheritance, uh, Joshua. Please give it to me. And, and God gave that inheritance to Caleb and to his family for who Caleb was and his dynamo for, for God. And so he's claiming God's deliverance. God will be with you. God will give you strength to get rid of these people. And so don't be a slave to them. Don't be intimidated by them. Don't be threatened by them. You're the head, not the tail, Israel. And we're going to see that as God goes through here, as, as we go through. And God is speaking through Joshua about who the children of Israel truly are to God. Number three, this section of the, of the, the chapter, he commands the people's obedience. Verse six is, verses 6 through 8 class are two, of, two or three of my favorite verses in all the Scripture. I don't know if you noticed, but over time, many, many times in this class, I remember it's at least a dozen times, I would stand here and say, class, stay straight with God. And I'd look at the back doors, and I'm saying it again today, it's got to be at least a dozen times in here that I've taught this. Don't turn to the left hand or to the right in your walk with God. Stay with Him. Stay focused on Him. Don't be compromising. Don't become mediocre. Don't let the world's influence into your life. Walk right down the middle. And don't turn to the left hand or the right. Do you know I counsel those verses often in, my, in, in, in counseling that comes up in, the, in, in, in our counseling sessions. That we are not to compromise or go to the right hand or to the left. And so easy it is for little things to just creep into our lives. And we all have our own little things that can be a weakness to us and maybe not to somebody else. But here Joshua is saying, look, you're going in. God's given us the land. Don't falter. Don't compromise. Don't let your circumstances, don't let the people around you weaken your cause for Christ. You stay at it, stay at it, stay at it. I love these verses. They're underlined in my Bible. Look at verse 6. He says, he commands the people's obedience. He says in verse 6, Be you therefore, because of all that God has done for you and given you this land, therefore be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that you turn not aside therefrom, to the right hand or to the left. What a, what a great verse, a life verse for every single believer in Christ to follow right there. Right there. It's so powerful. He says, be very courageous, class. In other words, be bold. Don't be ashamed. Be brave. Stand up for God and for righteousness and for holiness. He says, I want you to keep and to do all that is written in the law. In other words, be obedient to actively live out all the, did you know, 1613 commands of the law given to Moses at Mount Sinai. Joshua instructs them to keep, instructs them to keep and to do the word. In other words, they were to learn it, they were to obey it, they were to follow it. They were to practice it. Put it into real life's you know, practice. And is it any different for us today? When, when the Bible says that the Word of God should dwell in us richly. And when David says there in Psalm 119 that wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto, anybody know it? 
according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. We can't emphasize it enough, class. The word of God is powerful. It's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. We need to read it, we need to heed it, we need to obey it, we need to understand it, know it, memorize it, meditate on it, keep it within us. And that's one of the last charges that Joshua has given to the children of Israel. He's 110 years old. He's going away. He doesn't have more opportunities to influence them. So he's saying here, I'm going away, but guess what? God's Word outlives me. Stay in God's Word. Stay true to the Word of God. I want you to look at Deuteronomy chapter 17. Hold your finger here. Just go back about 30 pages to Deuteronomy chapter 17. It's so extremely important that we obey the Word of God, and it was important that God told Moses to tell the people of Israel, look, whenever Israel gets into the new land and they appoint a king, there is something that's going to be very vital that every king does if they're going to rule over my people. And that's found in Deuteronomy chapter 17. He says in verse 15, look what it says, Deuteronomy 17, 15. Thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee, whom the Lord thy God shall choose, one from among thy brethren, shalt thou set king over thee. Thou mayest not set a stranger over thee, which is not thy brother. But he shall not, here's what, here's what he says he's not supposed to do and supposed to do. He shall not multiply horses to himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt, to the end that he should multiply horses. Verse 17, neither shall he multiply wives, at the end of verse 17, nor silver, nor gold. Those are the things that he was not supposed to have, because why? People, wives, many women would divert the king's heart. That's exactly what happened with Solomon. Lots of horses. Solomon had a, horses, they say 30,000 horses potentially Solomon may have had. He violated that. And silver and gold. Solomon had gold coming in every year, thousands of talents of gold every year coming in. So he violated that. The very things that God said don't do, Solomon had. But then look what he says in verse 18. And it shall be, when he, that is the king, sits on the throne of his kingdom, that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priests and the Levites. They'd have a copy of the word of God, the law at that time, right next to the king's throne on a separate table. Here's the throne. Here's the table. There's the book of the law right there next to the king. Look what it says, verse 19. And it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this law and these statutes to do them, that his heart be not lifted up above his brethren, and that he turn not aside. This is what Joshua is saying. Don't turn to the left or the right. That he turn not aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. That was for the king. That was for the head of the people. And so now, here comes Joshua saying, look, you're all going to, to your inheritances. There's no king over you right now. You need to keep the word of God. You need to keep the law in your heart and in your mind. And never let it be diminished in your life. This is the charge that he's giving to his people. Back to Joshua chapter 23. He says, keep and do all the law of Moses. Number two, he says, don't turn from their... From, the, from your moral foundation to the right hand or to the left. Don't turn to the right hand or to the left. Class, 
life is supposed to be a narrow pursuit. Narrow is the way that what? Leads to life, right? And few there be that find it. Broad is the way that leads to death, that leads to hell, that leads to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. Okay, so we only have one way to heaven. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me, right? But in our practice of our Christian life as well, God says, look, I want it to be, I want it to be narrow for you. Guard your actions, guard your words, guard your lifestyle, guard your behavior, guard your influences, guard your friendships. Don't veer out here into the wilderness like my children did when Moses went up onto the mount for 40 days and nights. It didn't take long for the children of Israel to create a false god. So we easily can wander out, whether it be yoga or whether it be, you know, just internet surfing or whatever it can be. Not that those are wrong enough themselves, but we have to be careful. Don't turn from the right or to the left. Don't let evil influences come in and just sort of dupe us asleep. He says, keep it in the narrow. Stay close. Can anybody share just a, a testimony how you would say, you know, in following God and walking with the Lord, I see how God has spared me of so many things that could have otherwise happened. Anybody have a testimony about that? Anybody want to share something in their life, how God just dialed you in and it has helped or protected or strengthened you? Anybody? Yes, sir. Well, I lost my vision. He gave me just enough vision to see, but not enough to be independent. So losing your physical eyesight, he gave you enough to see so you could function um, but not enough to function just independently, you said. So in that, it's, it's caused you, and here you are, walking with God. And God can even use a physical event in your life to draw you closer to Him, to, to keep you on the straight and narrow, something like that. Okay? Somebody else? Yes, ma'am. Yes. And before we made the decision to have this surgery again, because it was done first time in India, but it wasn't done correctly. And the, the orthopedic surgeon said that we cannot guarantee anything, but it will help the pain. So we'll, you know, if you want to, because she was in so much pain, there was no other option. Yeah. So we just trusted in God. And the whole church family was praying, and we had the surgery on December 31st, and they said that it was gonna take at least three months for just normal recovery, and a full year for a full recovery, mm. if everything works. And within four weeks, she had what was gonna be happening in three months. Mm. And Amen. we believed that it was all the prayers and just people caring and God in this church. Amen. Amen. That, there's another, you're welcome, you're welcome, Coquila. There's another health issue where God even protects his people in that way. Any spiritual minded things where God has saved you, protected you, or kept you from evil spiritual things. Yes, Adrian.
Amen. God has a way. Yes. Yeah. Oftentimes, guys, we get to a crossroad. I remember in my my own life, there was a crossroad where my dad passed away, and it was either, you know, God, why did you take my dad? Or Lord, help! Our dad's gone. One of nine kids. What are we gonna do? We're at a crossroads. We cursing God and saying, "Well, you did this. Well, I'm not gonna serve you." Or, Lord, he's gone. You had a purpose and help us. Major, major crossroad in our life, and God allowed us to go that direction, and get the blessing and the power of God, having saved all of our, our my brothers and sisters, and and three in the ministry, and so on and so forth. Just God has did it, and, and it was. All to God's glory. Katrin. God has a way of bringing into our lives people, events, circumstances, the Word of God as we read it to just shape us and keep us and direct us and lead us and guide us in class. That's why it's so important that we do spend time in God's Word, that we make it a vital part of our life because He speaks through His Word to us. And, and as we ab- apply God's Word and we keep and we do it like Moses is telling the children of Israel, it just narrows down our life that keeps us from flagrantly rebelling against God. So that when we're not rebelling against God, we're not suffering from the consequences and the effects of our b- poor choices. doesn't mean that we're not going to have trials. We heard about trials in here already, physical issues. But, but God has a way of even helping us through those and giving us the strength and the grace to get through those, but He keeps us from those major failures, those moral failures in life because we've been serious about our walk with Him. And in this day and age in which we live where the world is going haywire, morally and off a cliff, let it be said of us here in our class and our church, we're going to wholly follow the Lord as we're going to get to at the end. As For me and my house, we will follow the Lord. And if there's been failures in the past, let's not live in the past. If you have something from your past that, that you're not proud of, and we all have it, that's not where you live today. Praise God. Amen. Amen. We don't live there today. We have victory. Amen. And so we walk in that victory. We walk in the strength of God. We keep His Word. We fellowship with God's people. We put ourselves in the place of God's blessing when we do that. Not without trials. not going to be perfection. We'll get that on the other side. But boy, it sure can be a life of peace and hope and joy and contentment and success because we're doing what God tells us to do. And that's how we live. That's our life. And and with, with everything I think that Joshua could muster, that's what he's trying to tell the people. Like, stay at it. I know who you are, Israel. I watched you guys 45 years ago where you rebelled against God and it kept us out of of the promised land for 40 years. And so now don't grow up. And lose focus. Stay in the Word. Stay walking with God. Stay faithful. Stay true to His laws. And so don't turn to the left hand or to the right, he says. Um, Let's keep going. Number four, he says, don't fraternize. 
Sorry about the big word there. Don't fraternize with the Canaanites. Verse 7, that you come not among these nations. These that remain among you neither make mention of the names of their gods nor cause you to swear by them, neither serve them nor bow yourselves unto them. Class, we have to watch our influences, do we not? Influences where? Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> That's right. This little thing called the Internet, is that a, could that be potentially a negative influence? Of course, of course. Television, social media. It can be a negative influence in our life, more so now than ever. And so he's saying here, hey, don't have fellowship with the wicked neighbors around you. We have to be careful. Hey, don't click on that site. Don't get in that chat room. Don't associate yourself with those people or that group over there on that, that string of, of texts because that's just going to put you into a pit. And that's going to have a negative influence in your life. Guard yourself. We just have more opportunities in this day of technology that we have to veer off course to the right hand or to the left with all the influences that are upon us. And it's easy because guess what? It's quiet. It's private. No one has to know. And we can just surf and do whatever and, and hide it from everybody. But the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good, right? And so He already knows. So just say, this is not going to control me. It's not. It's not going to control me. God's going to control me. His Word is going to control me. And that's what He's telling the children of Israel way back then. Don't let these people around you draw you away from God and leave your first love, is what He's clearly saying. Don't fraternize with the ungodly. Proverbs, did I put it there in your notes? Proverbs 13, 20, He that walks with wise men shall be wise but a companion of fools will be destroyed. Proverbs 1.10, If sinners entice thee, class, consent thou not, don't go with them. Proverbs 4.14, Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Just three verses in Proverbs that help us know, guard your company. Guard the influences in your life. And he's telling that to the people here. Number five, he says, don't worship their false gods in verse seven also. God required Israel's complete allegiance and loyalty to Him because He's a jealous God over His chosen people and He wants their complete trust and confidence and loyalty to be towards Him because He knows what happens when they just get a little bit of freedom and a little bit of drift. What happens to the children of Israel? Because they've seen it in the past and that's what Joshua once again is reminding them of. God married Himself to His children Israel. We in the New Testament are the bride of Christ. And just like we wouldn't think, hopefully, about being unfaithful to our spouses, God says, don't be unfaithful to me. I married you as my people. Stay faithful. Stay loyal. Stay true. Stay real. And then He says, number 6 in your notes, verse 8, But cleave unto the Lord your God, as you have done unto this day. That word cleave there, class, is great. It means to attach to. Stick like glue. God wants this class to hold on to Him with everything we've got. It's not just a casual tether holding us close, but I mean it's gripping like everything we got. The best thing I can think about it was Kendra was about 12 years old and we're on the wildcat ride up in Hershey Park. You know, that, uh, that roller coaster, the wooden roller coaster, it's, it's crazy. I mean, she's got me almost in a headlock, but she's got my arm and she's cleaving onto me because she's a little small and she's bouncing out of the seat on the roller coaster. 
I mean, we got out of that thing, and I think her fingerprints were impressed into my forearm, and my arm, I couldn't lift it. She's holding on with everything she got. Because that was a place of safety and protection. I'm trying to stay in the seat myself, and she's holding on. That's exactly how God wants us to hold on to Him. A similar thing we are trying to walk, I was trying to water ski years ago. And when, you know, that first burst where they pull you up, you know, all the water's coming on you and you have to get up real quick. Well, I'm holding on and I wasn't staying tucked and the water's coming over me and I'm trying to hold on, hold on, hold on. And I tried 10 times to get up. Well, for the next week, my forearms were so sore 